Welcome to Crypto Sapiens, a show that hosts lively discussions with innovative Web3 builders to help you learn about decentralized money systems, including Ethereum, Bitcoin, and DeFi. The podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only, and it is not financial advice. Crypto Sapiens is presented in partnership with Bankless DAO, a movement for pioneers seeking freedom from the limitations of the traditional financial system. Bankless DAO will help the world go bankless by creating user-friendly on-ramps for people to discover decentralized financial technologies through education, media, and culture. Before we get started, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor for this episode, OtterSpace, who are busy making Web3 less financialized. Their protocol and app lets communities build and issue badges to members to represent things like levels, roles, achievements, membership, and skills. Badges are earned, not bought. They are non-tradable coordination primitives for communities. You can use badges for governance and snapshot, token gating with guild, and you can build your own custom extensions with their composable tools. If you've been thinking about how to run non-financial governance, represent roles and permissions on chain, or recognize contributions via social recognition, check out OtterSpace at OtterSpace underscore XYZ on Twitter or at OtterSpace.XYZ. Hello, and welcome back to Crypto Sapiens. Today's episode is a bit different than others you may have grown familiar with. It is one of a four-part miniseries that explores Web3 identity. W3ID is a series co-hosted by Crypto Sapiens and many of the top Web3 builders, and seeks to demystify digital identity and present to you, our dear listeners, with many of the novel applications that are being developed today. I truly hope you enjoy this content and find it useful in your crypto journey. So without further ado, let's get started. Eric, why don't we go with you first, man? Um, how are you doing? And uh, what do you do? Thanks, Humpty. Well, first, I want to say that uh, I like the mobile podcast kit. If you have any Amazon referral links or affiliate links, send them away because I want one. I could have used one a few weeks ago. Then uh, the next thing is, uh, so my name is Eric. I'm the uh, America's Ecosystem Lead for Ontology. So I oversee the partnerships for a couple of our different products, working with uh, Wing Finance, which is credit-based lending, working with uh, the Ontology EVM, which is entire layer one infrastructure for building blockchain projects on top of, OntID, which is our decentralized identity um, tools, and then most importantly, Orange, which does decentralized reputation scoring. And we've been focusing a lot on what use cases are the most immediate and short term when it comes to decentralization. What we're seeing is that a lot of communities are interested in rewarding their participants in evaluating contributions. You know, we had a conversation the other day about what makes for a healthy DAO. And there was a lot of talk around the coordination, around being able to accurately assess who's contributing and reward them so that they want to contribute more. So that's kind of what we're experimenting with now, like these NFT-based rewards or token-based rewards. The goal is to, or a more longer-term goal is to do more um, with voting. So moving towards reputation-weighted voting where your vote is proportional to the contribution that you made as opposed to something like token-weighted voting where your vote is proportional to how many tokens you hold, which is usually a proxy for how much money you have, right? 
So those are exciting experiments that I'm excited to discuss with you all today. Amazing, yeah. And I guess I'll add a little bit of context uh, to my own relationship with Eric. So you were definitely one of the uh, first mentors, I would say, in terms of learning about decentralization, just because one of the first projects that I contributed to in the space was ontology. And so as head of community there, um, remember uh, messaging you and be like, uh, okay, what do I need to learn? What do I need to, what do I need to read to kind of understand what this uh, space is all about? And I think then uh, more so than now, there was less information about DID. Uh, obviously now there's like this kind of explosion uh, of interest in the space of DID and reputation. And so um, probably a little easier to find it, but I, I truly appreciate you and the guidance you gave me early when I was uh, learning about, you know, I, uh, decentralized identity, reputation and data and all that fun stuff that we can unpack. Uh, Dr. Kelly Page, uh, how are you doing and what do you do? Um, so I'm doing really well. Uh, whenever I'm on a space with you, Humpty, or we go down the rabbit hole, I feel like, you know, it's a wonderful experience just to, you know, unpack um, some of the, the different, like, what we talk about when we talk about identity or reputation or competency-based skill badging systems, which is the world that uh, I've been in for some time. Uh, so I'm a social design ethnographer by trade, uh, really looking at digital culture and digital learning, have been for some 18 years now, following the emerging tech from Web 1 to Web 2, now deep in Web 3. Um, yet I also have a foot in ed tech uh, that I have for some time, uh, especially looking at the role of inclusion and how how we build in our, whether it be reputation, identity, or ed education-based systems that are truly uh, welcoming and accessible for as many people as possible. And what does that mean? So, you know, I'm very interested in this space because whenever we talk about identities, you know, it's such a complex, such a multi-dimensional conversation uh, given what we're trying to represent. So that's why I'm here. Uh, and I also want to make it fun and enjoyable because I think then we can have deeper and richer conversations. Yeah. And thank you so much for coming up here. I know that since having met you and following uh, you on Twitter, but also the work that you do, um, I really appreciate the perspective that you bring, uh, because I think that, uh, there could be a very strong technical kind of contributions happening where, uh, we may not be looking at some of these sociological, sociological and philosophical, uh, and psychological impact, uh, to the technology that we're building. So I truly appreciate you for bringing that expertise, uh, to this space and helping us, uh, kind of refine uh, the vision for what we're building here in the, in the space of DID and reputation. Uh, looks like Aaron, you skipped the line. I think uh, B Pete's was next, but you're now next uh, to Dr. Kelly Page. So why don't we give uh, an introduction to who you are uh, and what you do? Yeah, thanks. Um, sorry, BP, I guess you're, you're next up. But uh, yeah, I am Aaron. Uh, I'm the founder of a project called uh, Govern. Um, and what we're all about at Govern is like contributor empowerment. Um, how do we kind of keep uh, power with contributors? And what our protocol does right now is it makes it really easy and simple for DAO contributors to track and record and own their DAO contributions. Um, we make a lot of contributions to a lot of the ecosystem at large. Those largely get lost by everything going on or you don't actually own them yourselves. So we make it really easy for people to do that so that you can do build um, better reputation systems 
on top of these contributions, kind of what many people have hit on today, which is that if you only do token weighted voting and not like contribution or reputation weighted voting, um, we're just repeating uh, the last era of problems. So. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, B. Pete, uh, why don't you go next? Give us an intro to yourself and what you do. So uh, I, uh, I'm one of the co-founders at Sobel. Um, and uh, so I've been fascinated with DAOs for quite some time time um and sobel incubated inside the consensus mesh uh during the ico boom and uh, we've been just fascinated with these new models of organizing i come from a background it's mostly non-technical and so my my interest in DAOs actually stemmed from an interest in self-organizing um you know methods and so be it teal holacracy sociocracy some of the terms that um you know are starting to become more familiar in the space right now and anyways uh so sobol is basically um a platform for mapping and navigating your DAO. and very quickly we're starting to also um help with uh wiring up your DAO operations that's agnostic of protocol because there's tons of different cool protocols emerging to manage your your DAO, aka the sort of DAO Legos, um, and they're beautifully you know composable. And what Sobel's interested in is uh, being able to create a nice user experience on the front end that can work with any of these protocols, allowing um, folks who are non-technical like myself to start a DAO, um, wire it up, you know, reconfigure it through proposals and governance, um, and gather their community and. And so uh, that's what we're into. But like that, uh, having grown up in the uh, census uh, mesh ecosystem, um, the the U-Port mafia, I guess we could call them, uh, were very close um, at hand. So that's the ceramic folks, the um, Certo now Disco XYZ folks. Um, uh, and, and so we've just been very inspired by how important it is to consider self-sovereign identity um, and understanding reputation um, and its relationship to governance um, when when we're building these systems. And so uh, I've just been for a long time and uh, trying to understand how that marries up um, into the beautiful emerging world that is DAOs. Amazing. Thank you. I'm going to have to remember that U-Port Mafia thing uh, the next time I'm looking for protection. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that just made me laugh. <laughs> Um, DID protection, I suppose. Uh, all right. Uh, Orange behind the PFP. I think that's David. How are you doing? Yep. Still, still me behind the, uh, behind the orange, both, uh, metaphoric and, uh, <laughs> graphical, but, um, yeah, I'm good, man. Uh, great to hear, um, again, to reiterate what you said, so many different perspectives here. Um, you know, uh, I'm David by the way, and, um, I'm in charge of marketing for orange and, um, so for those who don't know, we're a reputation uh, protocol for, um, uh, and really it's kind of relates to what um, some other projects we're talking about, like Sobola, you know, DAO tooling in terms of building reputation systems um, into communities and not just for DAOs, for, you know, NFT communities or, um, you know, wider array of use cases. Um, so yeah, just happy to be here and, and join the discussion with a lot of familiar faces. And um, I think this topic today is really kind of relates strongly to what um, our kind of mission is at Orange to really empower from a technical perspective, like these um, reputation systems to actually come to fruition. So um, yeah, happy to be on the call and or space. 
and uh, really looking forward to, to today. Excellent. Thank you for coming up. And, uh, you know, I guess, uh, again, I'll add a little bit of context here. So I'm uh, also a contributor over at Orange, uh, co-founder, actually. Um, and, you know, yeah, I'm really interested in this conversation, too, because, you know, for us, it isn't just about like what we're building, right? But it's like, who are we building it for? And what are some of the uh, potential applications of reputation uh, in the Web3 space? Uh, but also being mindful of, you know, the ethos of Web3 or the principles of Web3 and privacy and all of the things that we're here for, right? Uh, while also remaining inclusive and creating a fair ecosystem. So yeah, I'm, I'm personally very interested in this space and excited to have Orange up here participating as well. Cheers, look forward to it. Cool, man. And then uh, last but not least, we have M. Murthy. How are you doing? Hey, uh, I'm doing good. Thanks for uh, having me here. Um, excited for this discussion. Um, my name is uh, Mahesh. I'm the of Karma, which is a reputation system for uh, DAO contributors. And um, the way we have built our reputation system is um, we aggregate and curate all the DAO contributor activity. So whether be if you're a governance participant, uh, we look at your forum activity, we look at your snapshot voting history, we look at your on-chain voting history, we pull all of those, apply different and then generate a, um, a reputation score and uh, a profile of all your activity. Um, and and the as you guys all know, the reputation system has like so many use cases. The very first use case or a problem we are solving is if you are a token holder, who do you delegate your tokens to? So that is the first problem we are solving. And uh, the way we do that is we generate a reputation score for all the delegates of different DAOs. We have ENS, Gitcoin, Uniswap. We have a whole like bunch of DAOs. Um, we have this reputation score. You can look at it and then um, go and delegate your tokens. Um, instead of delegating token to whoever has the highest, which seems to be the what people do mostly. They're like, oh, here is Coinbase who's got a um, whole bunch of tokens. I'm just going to go delegate to them. But if you look at them, they're not really active in the governance at all. Um, so the solution we came up was like, look at all these activity and then based on this reputation score, go and delegate your tokens. So that's the first use case. Um, as we built it, it evolved into like, um, we partnered with Gitcoin. Uh, Gitcoin wanted to look at how their stewards or delegates are doing on a month-to-month -month basis or on a on a as a whole, so they now tap into our data and they have the, uh, the DAO steward health report cards, um, which is all powered by Karma. So uh, that at a high level, that oh, that's amazing. You know, in fact, uh, it's interesting because I think those are definitely some of the conversations we've been having over inside. Uh, is you know in terms of like how can we surface uh, people the, the value that people are uh, you know bringing or creating in these DAOs whether it is through their own contributions or as uh, stewards or delegates in this DAO and going beyond kind of the 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 social I guess uh, uh, politics that happen today in DAOs where the most popular usually are the ones that are going to get voted in but really going into uh, exploring that space a little deeper and find who is actually act actively participating in the DAO through governance and maybe other types of contributions as a delegate, as a steward. So amazing to hear that uh, y'all are 
uh, already putting this to work over at Short Karma. And again, thank you for joining us uh, here today. So now that we've gone through those uh, introductions, I think you know, let's we've been using this word here a little bit, but I would love to hear two of your thoughts in terms of what you think reputation means in the Web3 space. Who wants to take it first? I can go for the, the shortest answer. Um, sure, let's go short. Um, I think reputation is a person or a group's opinion about you. Like at a very, very primitive lay level, I think that's it. It's just someone's group's opinion about you. That's your reputation. Okay, simple. Yeah, definitely. Um, Orange, you're unmuted. And then we'll go with Kelly, Dr. Kelly Page, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that's that's a great, you know, high level. And, and really, um, <clears throat> when we're talking about like Web3 and how it relates to DAOs, I think, you know, from our perspective, it's kind of an authentic record and representation of um, not just who you are, but what you've accomplished and, you know, any, within any given community. So, um, you know, reputation is perception, right? But on the flip side of it, how can we, um, you know, how can individuals actually affect that perception by presenting, um, again, accurate representations of their either on-chain activity or to a DAO? So I think, um, yeah, again, authenticity and accuracy and again reflecting um actual like work done and accomplishments i think is important dr page so yeah i i love the first two breakdowns and i'm one thing is um you know we work in a world of incomplete information so often it is what someone's thoughts or opinions are or a group's opinions but i think it's not just of what you've contributed and done but it's also your influence and impact into the future. And, you know, and to, I, I would term that social power. And uh, I've seen it played out a number of times where, you know, how individuals are showing up or interaction, interacting. It's not just based on what you've done, but it is that influence into the future. So do they want to align with you? <laughs> do they want to, you know, vote in a different way? Um, and so there's that social element to it as well. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting. Um, each of the responses, I think, uh, has different or varying levels of reputation. I think the first one, perception, I think, is very high level. Uh, people's opinions, I think, uh, definitely uh, are a worthy measure of your reputation. Uh, certainly in the real world, uh, that it can be part of your reputation, like what people think about you. And then suddenly that information goes in, you know, in, into the public space and other people may have that same perception about you, whether they know you or not, right? Um, then there was the uh, thought of, you know, it's your contributions, like what you get done to what you were saying, Dr. Page. And I think that that is probably something a little bit more um, tangible in terms of being able to measure it uh, based on like what you've completed. But the further, I think you you refine that into talking about impact. And I think that, each of these things can be part different, uh, like a part like part of your reputation. But I wonder, you know, how, I guess how do we imagine uh, each of these things being measured and affecting the way that we operate or even join a DAO today? Whether it's how we're perceived in a public space, measuring our you know value to a DAO or to other DAOs in that way, and then in terms of the impact which may also have some sort of direct connection with the way that incentives and rewards are created for uh, members. 
Yeah, I, I really, I really like what what you're uh, saying, Humpty. And uh, I think what you're hitting on here is actually, I think, a common thing that gets confused by by reputation. Um, and, and I'm going to provide a, a different definition that I think is, is right. I think reputation is just the currency within a community. Like that is all it is. Like the inter inner current, like the inner currency of a community is the reputation. Um, previously, that was intangible, right? It was like ephemeral. We just like stood in uh, like physical groups of locations, and there was like a social reputation you could speak of. But why we're so psyched about what everything that's going on here is that we can now create a tangible representation of that reputation. So, quite simply, I think we can just say reputation is the currency of our communities. But I actually want us to get even more creative. Like I think we've because we use this word reputation, we think about it in the sense of web two. But I want to say reputation isn't just the currency of communities. It's the currency of any relationship, right? Any any unique groupings of relationship, right? That is reputation. Like I, I, me and you, Humpty, the two of us are specific reputation graph, um, or sorry, social graph, or we'll call it relationship graph. The relationship, the graph that exists between the two of us, that there's reputation in that, um, which is a currency between the two of us. But all the speakers on this panel right now, we could then form another like uh, relationship graph that has its own set of reputation, its own currency that we've paid between all of us. So that's what reputation is. But what I think you're hitting on, which is unreal important, is what are the inputs to reputation? And that can be any number of things, right? That can be your contributions to a DAO. It can be the way that you interact with one another. It can be the manner in which you speak. Um, and, and that's what's really exciting, right? Uh, and there's all these different inputs. And I think what you're going to notice about all the panelists on our, or speakers right now, I should say, we're all trying to capture a different input to reputation or someone's trying to take as many inputs as possible and then create that reputation. So I think it's really important to distinguish between what is an input to reputation, what I refer to as a primitive, and what is reputation, which is the currency between communities. Go ahead, Dr. Page. So firstly, Aaron, and you know I love this stuff. <laughs> Aaron and I have already been on call today. So, um, but it, one thing I love about this and where we're going with it is you also highlight, often we talk about reputation um, and the measurement of reputation. Reputation is, right? We create it, we co-create it and co-design it based on all those different factors. Yet also, I think the challenge that we're facing and that we're really excited about is how do we make it visible? How do we share it. It's like, uh, and Humpty and I have spoken about the notion of vibe, like often vibe is used as a, in some way to, you know, refer to a reputation or a potential um, uh, interaction effect maybe within that. So I love where you're going. And I think that that really, it helps us in making it visible to our communities, but also as a currency to participate. So then how might, if we can make it visible, whether we're measuring it or buying it might be another word I like to use. So it's not just uh, word-based metrics. It doesn't have to be people-based uh, metrics. And then how can people learn that so that they can participate? And so I love where this is going. Yeah, there's two things here, I think, that are being talked about that we can unpack a little bit further. The first is, it sounds like, and again, I think we started this discussion by saying that this is a very heavy subject because of how complex it is, right? How multifaceted it is. And we're already hearing some of that right now in terms of 
how we can define reputation. It's not that simple, right? Especially if we're being influenced by like what reputation is in the Web2 space. Um, I think that there could be many different ways that we can uh, look at reputation in the Web3 space. The other thing that uh, Dr. Page, you were talking about is you were mentioning the, um, the way that we present that reputation, which I think is truly important. In fact, maybe something that many of us can speak to here, right? Because it can certainly be something that uh, can add value, but it's uh, again, referring to something that I mentioned earlier as well, it could cause a very dystopic scenario as well, where a lot of information is presented publicly and maybe uh, even uh, unrevocably. I, I know if Evan were here right now, this would be where she jumps in uh, because she speaks to this uh, often in terms of the revocability of reputation, right? Uh, because people change, circumstances change. Uh, uh, inter or representations of your reputation may not have been portrayed correctly. So I think uh, those are certainly things that we want to unpack uh, through, through this conversation as well. Uh, anybody have any thoughts on any of those before we kind of move on or even kind of explore any of these further? Uh, BPs, go on, man. I think like, you know, you're getting into the heart of like how I kind of show up is I, I often have a nervousness around quantitative and it's like, it's almost like I don't want to even think about the quantitative component for, for a while, like because of how complex it is and how dystopian some of the elements of it can be. And I'm just like, I'm really interested in what Aaron described as the primitives, you know, the inputs, the, and, and the way, uh, uh, there's this discussion as well as like, you know, is it, is it words and shared language, you know, before it's numbers kind of thing. And so I, I'm personally really interested in these like qualitative, um, you know, markers and attestations or like even being able to like, you know, just keep, you know, keep my own sense of how I'm feeling in an easy way relative to to the environments I'm participating in. Maybe some of those I like to share um, when I share them, you know, they have them as attestations of, you know, what Brian, um, you know, or BPs felt about uh, them. And so, yeah, I think like I really there's just one of the major tensions I feel relative to this is just like I, I, I want to start in, in that sort of like space and just see what emerges um, uh, because of maybe my fears, um, but also because I just think there's something very beautiful um, about us just sharing uh, sharing wor words with one another in a in a in a more self sovereign um, you know centered environment uh, you know versus like us sharing words with each other on a centralized platform. Like, can we just start there? Is kind of the sensation I feel, and like, and then ask the question like, why was that not enough and how do we graduate it to a feeling more like an explicit currency? Yeah, I find myself uh, whenever talking about reputation or just any of this technology that we're developing in the identity space is iteration, right? Iterative um, development. And I think that you may be alluding to something. And in fact, uh, it sounds like almost we're kind of entering that next question that we have uh, prepared, which is what reputation markers. I think this might have even been by yourself, uh, VP. So maybe you can take it from here and then we can all kind of discuss it a little bit further. But what reputation markers exist today in DAOs or what ways, I suppose, is the way that this is being asked, are, are there available through DAOs today to measure member reputation? So yeah, please go ahead and uh, if you don't, wouldn't mind, kick us off on what you think are some of those different ways of reputation in a DAO today. 
Yeah, I mean, totally. And I can, I'll share it just from my own personal experience. Um, and, you know, reflecting on how I felt like I was personally accumulating reputation and what markers were being laid down, um, and how I felt about them. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, as I started to participate in DAOs, and so Bankless DAO, City DAO were some of the first, you know, two that I spent a fair bit of time in, I up a wallet, um, as you do, and, uh, you know, bought some tokens, earned some tokens that was kind of neat so i started in earning tokens there were transactions against my wallet that indicated that some multi-sig because some of these DAOs i was participating in had multiple multi-sigs because like there were projects and guilds and all these other things and that that multi-sig um had had sent some tokens to me and what I, what was what was irritating me was like i had this record it was tied to this wallet and there was no like there there was no language to it there was there was the, 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 there was no annotation on the transaction from that multisig they hadn't told me why i got those tokens and hadn't given me the option to share with the world why i got those tokens and so uh that's when i first started to feel tension with the current states of like reputational markers this is very token centric very wallet centric and it's not annotated um and so i had to run around every time i joined a new discord server because i'm very dow curious um uh and i'd have to kind of like declare all the things that i had done textually um you know at, at other DAOs that i was participating in to start to kind of um soft start my reputation in the new community that I joined. And, you know, people could kind of snoop my wallet, but I got really irritated when I tried to graduate off of a hot wallet because DAOs were no longer an experiment and I was participating in enough that it was time to go to a hardware wallet. And when you're setting up a hardware wallet, you often want to set up a new wallet, not, you know, move your, you know, hot wallet there, et cetera, et cetera, for security reasons. And all of a sudden I lost all the on-chain stuff. Not to mention the fact that all this like coordinate stuff where I was actually getting text messages about my contributions when people did the give round, I was like, yes, this is amazing. I get to give people feedback. They're giving me feedback as well as tokens. It was annotated, but it's kind of like stuck in there. Um, and they know that coordinate really is excited about the idea of reputational systems um, in the standards and like, you know, liberating that. Um, but I don't have any of that. Uh, and like, you know, it's not, it's not portable. I mean, uh, if you look at my Paul apps, that was another form of reputational marker because I have two different wallets that I was claiming them on. Like, you know, you would think if you looked at one wallet that I joined Bankless Dow in December of last year and the other one, you know, would see me back in season zero. And so I, I just, that's how I show up to this and like, you know, sort of explaining my own personal journey and some of the markers that I've encountered and the frustrations. Yeah, that's quite comprehensive. And, you know, I do, I do agree that there needs that, you know, I think reputation can have some context. Um, and I like your example of like sharing notes um, and feedback through, you know, like uh, applications like coordinate, but that something is still right in terms of the portability of that and the way that you can potentially display that and present that to validate, uh, you know, the, the value and the, your value to a DAO, your value to you know, your relationship amongst uh, other members in a DAO um, or to projects that as they uh, are being funded by a DAO or maybe even the impact in terms of being able to accelerate the growth of it. I think that certainly there's a lot of diff uh, different contexts that can be um, added into these current reputation markers um, where some of these projects that we're talking about today uh, can potentially uh, solve 
Uh, Eric or uh, Aaron, anything here you'd like to add in terms of you know reputation markers today and maybe some of the ones that you personally are excited to see kind of either be translated to more portable uh, systems like you know using DIDs and maybe even verifiable credentials or, or something else? Um, I like uh, measuring uh, voter participation history. So, you know, we look a lot about how current elections work right now and voter turnout is always very low. One is the incentive to vote. The other is how easy it is to vote. You know, in, in DAOs, it's very easy to vote. You just go and snapshot. You don't even have to pay any gas. It takes a few seconds, but voter turnout is still very low. So I think that there are, there are ways to incentivize voting, reward voting, um, and encourage it, but the reason it needs to be a very long discussion is because that could also go very wrong very quickly with like bribing for votes. So I think that that's where a lot of the discussion should be had. But in, at the end of it, there's, there's something really exciting there where you can, um, you know, you can see like your voting history. You can feel like it's almost like gamifying it. Right. And you're increasing voter turnout for the Dow and for the user, they're becoming a more active citizen. Right. And this is one of the whole, you know, half of these tokens that are out, more than half of the tokens that are out there on the market are governance tokens. So their entire value is predicated on their ability to be used for governance. And most people don't utilize those features of it. So I think we need more robust tools and more, more ways of um, fleshing out that section of the industry. Oh, Aaron, go ahead. Yeah, I think that's, a, I mean, I second everything that Eric said. Voting is, I don't want to get on like such a soapbox about voting right now. Voting, I think, is one of the most fascinating things because like it's one of our most basic ways of contributing that we've had for such a long period of time. But well, I think we understand zero about voting and voting heuristics and voting motivations. Like we can't even get a comprehensive answer. For if it's good that we have voter turnout or, or bad that we have vo voter turnout, um, I don't know. I, I'm really interested in trying to understand voting more. Um, the types of markers that we're interested in, a few that I see pretty often, um, is actually things like onboarding. It's actually things like contributions to discussions. It's things as simple as showing up at meetings and taking notes. Um, all of these things we like really sweep under the rug, but they're actually low key. Some of the most important markers, something that we learned really early on at govern, um, we let communities go out and define like a set of contributions that were like recommended contributions for DAO contributors to make, right? Trying to create a playbook where when you contribute to a DAO, these are the things that they valued or they should start with. Uh, and that was pretty helpful. We, we uncovered a lot of really good insights there. But what we realized is that we're stealing everything. And, and usually there was like this disconnect between the DAO coordinator and the DAO contributor. And we have kind of a new approach to this. And our rule of thumb is that we know nothing about the right markers. That like more often than not, we are lost. Um, and that if you think you know what your contributors want to contribute, then you are really just projecting. So we have this new kind of model that we're, we're adopting um, at Govern. There's this example that a lot of people like to talk about of the best way to uh, build a sidewalk. And the, the, the structure was, or the use case was, is that instead of going and bring out a bunch of planners to plan where the sidewalk is done, the first thing you do is you actually go out in like an area and you plant a bunch of grass and it's grass everywhere. So everybody in the community to just walk 
your normal routes of how you'd get to building A to building B, all the different routes. And then a month or two later, you can look at the grass and see where the grass has been indented, right? Where have people been walking along the grass and where the grass is indented? And wherever the grass is indented, you go ahead, go ahead and you pour the cement. And that's how you know the best way to plant, to build a sidewalk. That's kind of our approach to contributions. Right now, we're letting anybody report what they think is a valuable contribution. We record that in a way, and we're going to look at what, how everybody is contributing, not just that, but what people are rewarding so that we know from a bottoms up perspective, what are the way, where should we be pouring that cement? What are the contributions that the Dow contributors actually feel are the most important? And that's how we came up with things like onboarding, or that's how we came up with things like a buddy program. When you join a Dow, if you take someone's hand and help them through the process, that is seen as one of the most valuable contributions by contributors usually not by the DAO coordinators, but the contributors themselves. So I think it's a really empty and open space that I'm really excited to, to play around in. Yeah, I, I like I like that. You know, um, I think both what you and Eric said are two things that are top of mind for me. Certainly governance, I think, is a space that uh, is prime for disruption uh, in terms of the way that we vote, the way that we govern, right, where we can add these reputational markers um, to uh, the voting experience where we can go away from these plutocratic systems that just value your uh, your vote based on how much money you have versus the impact that you're creating in the space. Um, and the others in terms of onboarding, because you know joining a DAO is easy, I think. I, in fact, I've mentioned this in previous calls, is you can just join a Discord for the most part. And uh, some of the DAOs don't necessarily gate everything in their um in their discord but some do have a, a a bit of a you know tougher i guess uh gated system but you know even when you get to that point it's still not very easy to kind of navigate and learn what that DAO is doing and where you can fit in and you know what your you know what your space and who your tribe is within that community itself so yeah i i really uh feel strongly for both of those topics um dr kelly page um did you want to add something here uh, it's what's coming up for me from the conversation is the importance of behavioral based pro profiling, uh, in addition to perhaps skill based and psychological based and so forth. And when we think of reputation, it's about trust, right? That you've, you, you know, and also what it, the reputation might actually say about you, but the way or what is influencing it or how we measure it or how we evaluate it if we don't want to go down a metric route. Um, and some of the very earliest recommendation. Uh, and network-based systems uh, on the internet were behavioral profiling, all our loyalty-based systems, because what we do says more about ourselves than, you know, you might say we do. But what it doesn't often capture, and so I'm curious, Aaron, to go even deeper around how we capture in the shadow systems. You know, it's, and sh a shadow system to me is something that is, it basically, it acts in the shadow taught what we might be doing in the Discord or what's on chain. The voting is a very interesting one because for some people it is easy. Uh, recently, I was involved in a very, very important DAO vote, uh, and we realized very quickly that not everyone who was in the Discord or in the Telegram thread actually was a member of the DAO on chain, so could vote. So we had to rectify that. But then the next layer was not everyone knew how to actually vote via, say, DAO House. So. It's an interesting um, behavioral and psychological element, but I'm curious how we also capture um, the contribution and the value that is happening in shadow systems, whether they be on spreadsheets or side calls or telegram. So there's 
a whole lot of behavior and activity that we're actually not capturing currently. And there's often a perception that someone in the DAO, whether it be a coordinator uh, or a contributor, is doing the work when in fact, if you dig into the shadow system, you'll see something else. So really interested in this. What, my early work in Web1 actually was on anonymous profiling systems just with click-through data that we used to build ad-based serving networks. So I kind of feel like we're definitely, that's a big part of our reputation systems we need to be paying a lot of attention to. So I love where you're going with that, Aaron. Yeah, so I, I totally agree, Kelly. I think one of that's one of the things we're looking to start to figure out how to capture is these shadow-based systems. Because um, I think you're hitting on a key, which is that usually the most important work goes invisible. Um, <clears throat> so one of the ways we have this generalized way of reporting what the contributions are you're doing. Um, so we can try to capture that and create some context behind all of that. Um, because it, there's this like ironic thing that, um, that we found. The, in real, like, pardon me, it, when you push DAOs or decentralizations to the minute, up to the limit, that usually ends in a lot of asynchronous work, right? Which means usually where the work is taking place is not on the centralized consensus platform of the DAO, right? So where do you actually, how do you actually categorize that? How do you actually capture that? Um, and that's why we look at our whole focus as the contributor. We say we make it easier for you to record and craft the contributions wherever they take place. Because um, we want to like focus on the act you are doing, not where it's done. Um, and the truth is, I don't have a great answer. It's really, really hard to do. And, and we're kind of working through that right now. Um, but something that you're hitting on, Kelly, and I'm to what we were talking about, and I actually it, kind of one of my, my pet peeves is that we, uh, I think we've done great disservice in this space by limiting our definitions of what governance is to, to just voting, right? And what I mean by that is, the act of, and to be clear, what I'm talking about is the specific act of a proposal being put forward and people using some kind of voting, um, token-based voting system, so vote format. But really all voting is, if you think about it, all voting is, is you expressing some opportunity cost towards a given right. A proposal is put forward, you have your tokens, that is your cost, and you put those tokens on a preference, opportunity cost towards a preference. We do that all the time, whenever we contribute to a DAO. Whenever you decide to tweet about your DAO, that's you exhibiting some kind of opportunity cost time towards a preference of that DAO, right? That's you saying you value this DAO's reputation system over others. And I, I want us to get away from this idea that like voting is only traditional voting or governance is only traditional voting to governance is done based off how you act, right? Not everything needs to be a formalized vote. You can just have three different proposals going. You have three different projects having started and just track where people are spending their time. That is a form of voting in itself. Um, and I think once we start to once we start to decouple traditional voting from governance and include a lot of other contributions in governance, uh, really expand the stack what is possible within DAOs without forcing centralized consensus-based voting. Yeah, that's great. You know, actually, I think yesterday was a day where a lot of different individuals were talking about DAOs and what it means to be a DAO. What does decentralization mean? What is governance? It was really interesting. I feel like, I don't want to say it, but bear markets just bring out uh, a different quality of project. <laughs> I said it there, I said it, um, it's recorded. Anyways, um, you know, I think that there's just discussions that surface during this time that either aren't being shared 
or aren't as visible because of a lot of the noise in the space. So having said that, there was at least three or four threads that I saw yesterday on this. And one of them was really kind of touching on what you were saying, Eric, which is what is governance in a DAO? And I think that there's even uh, ways to question like, how can people govern themselves versus like, how do we govern uh, through kind of consensus what a DAO can do? Right in terms of how decentralized a project is, um, I you know one of the things that I've seen uh, since kind of starting my own DAO journey last year was that m much of the governance that gets a lot of activity tends to be what's called soft governance, and it's these interactions between individuals in the social space, uh, like polling or uh, different emoji governance that's happening you know at the Discord level. And I think if we kind of look at the, the 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 nuance of governance down to like some of its more simple elements, I guess, at the social level, I think we can definitely kind of unpack uh, different ways to uh, govern, but also different ways to assess uh, people's uh, contributions to that DAO in governance. The one thing that I did want to uh, share earlier or comment on earlier uh, after Dr. Page uh, was talking about uh, shadow-based systems in response to your your own comment, Aaron, was, you know, similar to, I think, incentives uh, that are governed through some sort of, uh, you know, centralized treasury. It's important to think about reputation in the same way where we need to consider that maybe not everyone's going to be uh, speaking loudly or as loudly as others, saying, look what I completed. This is the work that I did. This is the impact that I'm making. Um, and you know, we don't necessarily allow for the distribution of, uh, of money or of, of funds to the fringes, similar to, I think, what Coordinate has enabled. And doing the same thing with reputation work, individuals can define reputation based on their own contributions. I think that we're going to see a lot of issues that we may already be seeing with the way that incentives uh, work and you know where we have like these more uh, gatekeepers, if you will, of funds and the way that that gets distributed. I, I guess uh, just a yes and this, um, I, I feel like this shadow thing is a really interesting topic into itself in that, you know, I, I think I come from personally from a world where, as, as I declared with the self-organizing communities, where, you know, the discussion around the shadow is, is, is pretty prevalent. And then prior to that, it's not as prevalent and discussed, you know, um, in, in sort of the startup scale up world that I was in previously, but like it's understood, you know, sort of implicitly and talked about, um, you know, in, in ways, which is, you know, that idea of like, well, if you don't, um, do X before you go to that boardroom meeting, you know, your proposal is not going to pass. And like, you know, what's funny for me, uh, just as a reflection on this is that it like, this exists, um, across all three sort of organizing domains that I've played in, you know, it existed there, it existed in these holocratic systems where sure there was this supposed synchronous consent, you know, discussion and vote that was happening in a meeting. But like the truth was that it was all of the relationships and reputation building and, you know, idea sharing and ideation and soft governance that was occurring before you went to that, that truly was making decisions. And then similarly, I'd say in DAOs as Humpty 
just pointed out and others here, it's like, yeah, like, uh, you know, when I was early in Bankless DAO, you know, I spotted that there were people who had had built trust with the community and that being able to have their input you know, early on things, um, you know, if I was mulling over an idea, I was just asking for advice, but through that advice, you know, sometimes it might graduate into sponsorship of the idea. And, you know, eventually you got to that, you know, some consensus check at the end, but that that's not where, that's not where it really grew from that. That feels, it felt sort of like a, a formality at the end. It always had a, a momentum and, and the true governance happened way upstream of that. Yeah, thanks. So we're getting to the top of the hour here and we only uh, allotted an hour for this. So I wonder if I could get everyone's thoughts or whoever wants to speak on how we think reputation will evolve, uh, you know, in Web3. We've been talking about different, um, you know, applications of this in the DAO space. Obviously, we haven't even touched, you know, the potential application of reputation in, NF in the NFT space, in the DeFi space, but just generally, how do we feel um, web, you know, reputation will continue to evolve and be applied, uh, you know, maybe just uh, keeping it within DAOs for now? Well, first off, it's all DAOs. <laughs> you said NFT space, DeFi space. It's, those are all just different flavors of organizing. Um, so I, I think it's, when we talk about the DAO space thing, it's really tough. Um, so kind of like the final thoughts on this, a big piece I want to like hit on that I, don't think we got the chance to talk about uh, in great detail is the inputs for one piece of the reputation. You know, reputation is the currency of a community. Something we didn't talk about, which which we need to talk about, is why reputation in Web3 is different than reputation in everything else, okay? Um, and I think there is something inherent about what makes Web3 different than Web2, which is that when done correctly, 3 builds in exit rights. It builds in power to the contributors. It builds in power to the constituents. Um, and that is one of the most important pieces. So give, like, let's talk about a scenario where the currency or the, sorry, the reputation of a community is being run by a tyrant within your community or someone has gained the system and is now taking advantage of the reputation, right? Something that's really important, we mentioned this idea of transferability, but that, that's not the right word we should be using. Like transferability is correct, but really what the key feature here is forkability. It's exit rights. If you're in a community that's, that's taking advantage of whatever inputs to create an unfair reputation system, is a majority of your community, is the minority protected to get out, fork it, and, and create their own reputation system without losing all of their contributions they've made to that community. And that's a really important piece. Um, when you are designing your reputation system, if you design it in a way where those that design it can capture the value without really fair ownership to the contributors, you have just replicated Web2 on a blockchain and you haven't changed anything at all. So, you know, I, I, some final thoughts I want to call out here that we need to talk about in, in future things is like inputs are really important to get a varied view of inputs. How you calculate reputation is important, but make sure you're asking yourself, how do we, how are we giving immutable to all people that participate in this reputation system? Because only then have we built an equitable reputation system um, for the people. Yeah, I just wanted to, um, real quick, that, I mean, <clears throat> what Aaron just said is fantastic. And it's almost, um, you know, there's this concept, um, you know, the right to be forgotten almost. And, um, but I think, you know, just real quick, the, 
you know, the concept that I think he touched on that's really the most powerful is, is how do we use reputation to design it in a way that um, empowers individuals and kind of flip the perception of reputation and, you know, inputs on its head a little bit. Um, because I think some people or a lot of people have that um, kind of negative connotation of, oh, my reputation is just inputs and, and that's it. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to wrap up with that as well. So, I, Aaron, if you could only see me, I'm literally here going, yes. <laughs> yes. Because, you know, when you have a, a system set up that you're, it's not truly self-sovereign, right? And not only the fact that you can take your reputation or take what have you with you, fork it, but protect in within uh, if you decide to speak out against that, you know, dominant, uh, you know, narrative or dominant um, sort of influence in a community or in a system. And I think we, what we're building here and, and reputation is, it's not just that I voted, it's the way I voted. It's not just that I contributed, it's what and where and why I contributed. So there's such a contextual aspect to this and then how using our, and building the, the, the technologies. Um, so I know at the moment, to me, I feel like we're a foot in web two and a foot in web three and we're, we're, we're piecing it together. But when we have truly web three based platforms, um, that do represent self-sovereignty is key. So telegram, I have seen coordinators of communities kick people out of discords and kick people out of, um, uh, telegrams. And I'm always like, hang on, why and how? Like what's going on here? Because straight away when you do that, uh, it has a huge impact on that individual's uh, reputation, identity, and who are, who are the people making that decision? So I think we have a lot of conversations to be had about the way reputation and identity shows up. Um, and when there is those situations that it is, it's a representation of Web2. We're bringing some of that culture in, uh, that gatekeeping, uh, as opposed to truly building it for the people. And so I wherever you're going to have that conversation, I really want to be there to listen. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and I want to give some space to M. Murthy. Uh, you have your hand up. Um, hey, thanks. Um, I, I agree with everyone, everything Aaron was saying and Kelly was just um, um, saying. The only another thing I want to add is um, the one thing which Web3 enables us to do is also interoperability. Um, because if we all build the systems right, the data is all going to be like open, anyone can tap into anyone's data and iterate on it, build on it, kind of interoperate. And then we can like, it, there's no like one reputation system. It's like this, this whole, like a, a group of systems you can adapt for whatever things you need. And for that to truly happen, all of this needs to be interoperable, which Web3 enables. Yeah, 100%. And certainly I think, to your point, uh, Dr. Page, as well, we do want to continue this conversation and we will continue this conversation. For anybody who's available tomorrow, I'm actually going to be continuing this discussion over the Orange Protocol Discord, or uh, sorry, Twitter spaces, uh, where we'll continue talking about reputation, governance. Uh, next week, so this is the third of four events uh, that we're going to be exploring the space of decentralized identity and reputation. Um, and we're on the third event. Next week is our fourth and final for this first part of the series. And we're going to be talking about more of the governance framework. So we're definitely going to continue exploring this and we're going to dive into it a little bit deeper. We've kind of set up some of the discussion today, I think. Um, and I feel like the group that's up here right now can certainly dive deeper into that discussion. So for anybody who's listening that wants to continue to learn about 
not just the players in the space that are building out the technology, but kind of some of the higher level thinking and some of the philosophical and sociological impl implications of uh, this technology and reputation overall, please do join us. Give us a follow, Crypto Sapiens, myself, everyone up here on the stage, give us a follow. We'll definitely be talking about this conversation more uh, every week uh, with your support. Thank you everyone for joining us today.